Miss Ledbetter is recognized as the go-to girl in the industry of media and entertainment. A graduate of Virginia State University and a member of Delta Sigma Theta sorority, her evolution of success has transformed her from being every child's favorite eighth grade language arts teacher to being a highly respected industry professional and speaker with social influence, value relationships, and a stellar reputation. Candace has had a very exciting professional journey. After her season as an educator, she served as a freelance writer and editorial assistant for regional and national magazines, including Gospel Today magazine, Average Girl magazine, Written magazine, The New Birth Voice, VerticalFix.com, and ATL Black 411, where she penned a variety of content pieces from holiday gift guides to inspirational articles and full feature editorials. Meet Candace Ledbetter. Okay. Hi, this is Gigi coming to you again from the Plus Size Virtual Summit. And today, another fabulous speaker. And I know you're tired of hearing me say it, but they're all fabulous. We have Miss Candace Ledbetter with Seeing Better Media. How are Hello. you? Hello. <laughs> she's gonna talk to you, she's gonna talk to us about PR and media relations, get us all straight about what all this is, if we need it, when we need it, how we need it. Did I cover that all? Yeah. <laughs> all of that, all of that. <laughs> but for those of, for those of you that don't know who Candace is, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and we'll get into it. Well, uh, like she said, my name is Candace Ledbetter. Uh, I am the principal consultant of See and Better Media, um, and I primarily work with television networks and film studios to help promote and publicize their new projects, their new films in front of. Uh, uh, audiences. So it could be the urban or multicultural audiences. Can I say all that again? I'm sorry. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Okay. So um, you start because I, I finished where I was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Candace Ledbetter. I am the, the, oh God. My nerves. Okay. I'm sorry. Last time. Last time. It's going to flow. Can you move your hair back a little? Because I can't see one of your eyes a little bit. Okay. Your beautiful face, darling. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Hello, everyone. My name is Candace Ledbetter. I am the principal consultant of CN Better Media. And primarily, I specialize in working with film studios and television networks to help promote and publicize their new projects, whether it be a new film, a new TV show, or a new season of a new TV show, um, promote that to urban and multicultural audiences. So that's what I do on a daily basis. Um, but you can always see me running around, rolling on and uh, you can always see me running around, running in the eight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Usually I don't have these issues. <laughs> you tired like I am. <laughs> okay. Usually you can see me running around, running a red carpet, um, helping to manage events, um, also working with individuals. Um, I, I do have individual clients who I help with personal branding and amplifying some of their new projects and things that they're working on. Mm. So tell our audience, for those that may not be aware, because I know sometimes uh, PR, public relations, uh, gets a little skewed. Can you tell what exactly is public relations? So public relations, as defined by the Public Relations Society of America, <laughs> um, public relations uh, it's defined as strategic communications process that builds mutually beneficial relationships between organizations and its publics. So in layman's terms, that basically means it's the content on your website, it's the images and captions on your social media, it's your special events, it's your experiential marketing efforts, um, all of those things that put you in front of the audience that you are trying to target. That's basically what public relations is. I'm glad you did the layman's terms. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I guess what's the next question? What's the difference between public relations and media relations? So, and that's a good question because a lot of people kind of, they, they put it one in the same, but they're actually different. Um, media relations is actually a part of public relations, but it is the act of leveraging actual media outlets, various outlets, whether it's radio, television, print, online, blogs, um, leveraging those media outlets to help to amplify, to share, to cover your newsworthy events, your new products, your happenings, all of that on their platforms and using those platforms so that it gets out into the, um, into the, uh, in front of, using those platforms so that they get out in front of the audiences that you're trying to target. You need me to do that one again? I, I didn't hear you, you're on mute. Yeah, oh, sorry, I'm messing. We can do that again, you want to do it again? Yes. All right. <clears throat> you want me to ask you the question again? Yeah. Okay. So, Candace, tell us what's the difference between public relations and media relations? Because many times people get them confused. Yes, and I'm glad that you asked that question. So, we already talked about what public relations is, but media relations is actually a part of public relations, but it's not one in the same. So, basically, Media relations is the act of leveraging media outlets, whether it would be radio, television, blogs, um, uh, news programs, any of those outlets, leveraging them to get them to share and amplify your newsworthy content, whether it's um, your stories, your products, your happenings, anything that you have path that's happening. Oh my God. Oh. One more time. I'm sorry. That's okay. <sighs> Breathe. <Usa. laughs> okay, so okay. let me start with the question again. Yes, thank you. So, okay. so what is the difference between public relations and media relations? Because many get them um, confused. So I'm actually glad that you asked that question because a lot of times people think they're one and the same and they're really not. So we already talked about what public relations is, but media relations is actually a part of public relations, but it's really the act of leveraging various media outlets to share and amplify or cover your newsworthy stories, your products, your happenings on their platforms. So basically those outlets can be radio, it could be television, it could be blogs, it could be news sites or anything like that building the relationships with those media outlets and getting them to help promote and share what you have going on. That is media relations. Gotcha. So when would you say a person and or business needs public relations, needs a public relations person? Um, so that, that too is a good question. <laughs> or, or, you know, um, like, is it just, because um, I think a lot of times we think about it when we're getting to have an event and we think about like, oh, we need, you know, PR, but is it something we need to do prior to even leading up to that big event? Yes, all of that. And actually, um, to answer your first question, when you know that you need PR is basically, and simply put, when you have something new to promote. And not just something new to promote, but something that's newsworthy. So, for instance, um, for musicians, it could be a, a new single, a new album. Uh, for authors, it could be a new book. Uh, for motivational speakers, because there's plenty of motivational speakers, so it could be a new conference that they've either put together or that they're being a part of. Um, preferably one that features Oprah, because, you know, that's just awesome. So. <laughs> that's media gold. Um, that's what that's called. <laughs> right, exactly. And in my space, you know, like, like film studios and television networks, it's promoting a new season of show or a new show, a new film, um, anything like that. And especially for like small businesses and companies, it could be launching a new product or launching a new program. So anytime you have something new to promote, that is when you need PR. So basically, I, I so here are, what I would call the top three signs that you are ready for PR. Um, number one, when you have something new to promote. 
So for musicians, it can be a new single, a new album. Authors, of course, it could be a new book. Motivational speakers, definitely a new conference that you're being featured in or one that you actually created. Um, film studios, television networks, a new season of something, a new movie. Um, and then even for small businesses and nonprofits, it could be launching a new product or launching a new program. So anytime you have something new to promote, that is when you're ready for PR. Another um, sign that you're ready for PR and probably the one that's, be, to be honest with you, a lot of times looked over <laughs> is your branding. You are ready for PR when your branding is in order. I can't stress that enough. Your branding has to be in order. Um, in this world that we live in, we already know that, especially as entrepreneurs, we have a company brand, but then also as, as the entrepreneur ourselves, we have our own personal brand. Right. So not only is, from, to take myself as an example, not only is CM Better Media a brand, but Candace Ledbetter is a personal brand as well. And a lot of times those um, go hand in hand with each other, especially when I'm doing things like this, where I am a, a part of a conference and I'm speaking, you're seeing Candace, but I'm representing not just myself, but also my company. Right. So how do you know when your branding is in order? Number one, one of the first lines of defense, aside from yourself and meeting and networking, um, one of the first lines of defense is uh, websites. So basically, we all know that whenever you meet somebody, whether you shake hands or you uh, slid them your business card, you exchanged information, the first thing we're going to do when we get home, if not even in our cars, when we sit down and pull out our phones, we are going to go and Google you. <laughs> So we'll right to LinkedIn. Now a Googleable person. <laughs> so um, basically, when that happens, you want things to pop up that is representative of your expertise. So the first line, of course, is usually always going to be your website. Um, with your website, you you know we 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 live in an age where we are a DIY society. And thankfully, we have sites like Wix and Squarespace um, that provide the ease of a drag and drop option to create these great websites with these great templates um, and, and really um, look great when it's um, being presented to people when they look for you online. Right. Now, the, the best thing about these websites, of course, is that they're easy to, um, to do. They're easy to create. There is a downside, however, and that's where um, a lot of times people opt to create their own websites, but they don't invest in creating the proper content that goes on the website. Right. So a lot of times they just kind of put something up there and it may sound good in your head, but the way it reads online, especially sometimes if you don't have somebody to edit and write your content, got misspelled words, your sentences aren't com totally complete, uh, you might have had a great thought but it didn't translate that way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that can really tear down no matter how great your website looks, if it's not saying the right thing, if it's not giving the right messages, and it's not spelled correctly, then you're honestly you're going to look janky. Another thing that makes people look um, I don't want to keep saying janky, but yes. <laughs> uh, another thing that, that makes you not look as up to par um, is when you leave it as the free site. So a lot of times you may purchase your URL for your company, but when you're doing the free sites like Wix and Squarespace, you still have that dot, you know, cmbettermedia.wix.com yes. or dot Squarespace. Get rid of that. Please invest. <laughs> <laughs> invest in paying for that link to be solely your URL for your company or your, yourself as a brand. Um, also, a lot of times when dealing with people who create their own websites, they don't have a lot of professional images, high res images. And 
that is another thing that goes into getting people to take you seriously. Mm -hmm. um, looking on your website, if you have a photo that you took, now, now granted, iPhones and, and Androids have come up on the camera game. Right. <laughs> I'm not knocking it because, hey, I can, I can put myself in portrait mode very quickly. <laughs> However, <laughs> However, those are not necessarily the images that you want to put on your website. Right. Um, especially those that you post on social media with your phone, not with you with a drink in the hand, because I have seen that. Um, yes, <laughs> or hanging out, having a good time, unless it's at a, a client event or something like that. You, you want to be very selective in what you're putting out there. An image is everything. So make sure that you invest in some professional high-res images, um, not just of yourself, but then also of some stock photos or, or anything that's relatable to your brand. Those will go a long way. There's plenty of services out there that you can um, either purchase or download free images yeah. that you can use on your website. So make sure that you research that. And then also making sure that the tabs on your website make sense. Are they to the point? Do they communicate where people can get the information that they're actually looking for? So you definitely want to make sure your website is legit. One other issue with websites is that especially the DIY websites, a lot of people, um, they start making their website, but they never finish it. So it's always in coming soon mode. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good to, to have a coming soon when you're actually working on the website. But when you have been in coming soon mode for two years, it may be in your best interest to invest in having somebody to do your site. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget, I, have, I had a colleague that um, ha has this great website and she had been wanting to update with the information and she was doing it on Wix um, or Squarespace, I can't remember which one, but it was one of the free sites. It looked fabulous, but the information stayed outdated and because life gets in the way for all of us, right? Um, work gets in the way for all of us. She kept pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off. And then there came a moment where there was this huge opportunity and she needed to have her website up within 24 hours Ooh. in order to connect with this opportunity and get them to take her seriously um, and, and put updated information in there. She couldn't do it in 24 hours. <laughs> So she had to hightail it. Luckily, she was able to extend the deadline period. But that goes to show you that when you get ready and stay ready, you're always ready. So right. when opportunities come and they meet you at your point of preparation, you're ready to land big contracts. You're ready to get new clients, all of that. So just take time. And if you must do it yourself, stick to it, be consistent until it's up and set deadlines for yourself because that's so important. One other thing with regard to websites, um, one thing that ties in with your website is your email address. I have talked <laughs> to a lot of people and I've networked with a lot of people who for their companies are still using Gmail emails. And yes. Whether it's Gmail or Yahoo or, or AOL. Who is Hot still mail. using AOL? I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend anybody. But, Hotmail. But even AOL, like people are still, for a company, on your company branded business card, you've got all of this great branding, but then you have a Gmail address on there. No. If your website is seeing better media, Make sure you have an email address that says your name at seeingbettermedia.com. Like yeah. that is, that is just, it's just one of those small things that people pay. And you know what I think that comes from? Because, and many people have the domain forwarding or whatever. They just mm -hmm. don't know how to set it up. Right. It, exactly. I think, and I've run into them all the time when I'm doing training. It's just as simple as they don't know how to set it up. Exactly. And so if you're watching this, I suggest if you don't know how to set it up, call your domain name service provider or your uh, your hosting company that where you host your website, they'll tell you how to set it up and it's probably right on their website or have, you know, in their knowledge base. 
Mm-hmm. I can't, oh, I reach. <laughs> <laughs> that is the main thing. Oh my goodness. And like, you see, and the thing is, it doesn't even depend on the company being um, big or small as far as the amount of, uh, you know, clients or whatever. Because I've seen larger companies and I'm looking on their card. I'm like, you got to be kidding. You're using a Gmail address. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's universal. Exactly. Unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. So definitely make sure you take care of that. Um, And then not only that, but going back to images, please invest in getting some good images of yourself, especially if you're somebody who is developing a personal brand for yourself, get some updated images. You know, if you have images that are from 2011, we all know you may not look like you did in 2011. (laughs) You You may have you know, put on a little uh, a weight, or you may have lost weight, you know, right. so even or update yourself <laughs> and make sure people have the most updated version of you. Um, and then also graphics and artwork for your company. Um, for those who go to another DIY site to create a quick logo, I'll use the example of my brother. Um, when he first started, <laughs> when he first started out in his company, um, Sunchase Media, which is actually awesome. Yes, um, it is. I've used it before. <laughs> That's right. You can, she can attest to it. Um, but when he first started out, he had like ten different logos that he was using. One was one that he created on the site. One was one that he had somebody create for him, but didn't really like at the time then he was trying to create a different one for himself then he had colors and then he was like oh i want to use a a camera and then i oh wait a minute i want to use the sun and then so he had different versions of logos that was just like sir i don't know which way you're going with this (laughs) please 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 invest in the logo and there are fabulous graphic designers out there who will not break your break your pockets yep but there are fabulous graphic designers out there who will create a logo that speaks directly to what your company or what you are about mm-hmm. my logo seeing better media i had somebody to create it who she literally walks through the whole process with me and you know what is your i mean she's like literally she's almost like a counselor in a way because she's like so what is your goal with this and colors <laughs> that you're wow. feeling in the midst of this and she really is that that animated but she's awesome <laughs> <laughs> but but you want to take time with that and and in the mention of colors please make sure you look up online what colors mean in business yes. I chose orange because orange represents happiness. It represents organization. Uh, it, rec- it represents positivity. Mm-hmm. So I chose orange, white, and uh, silver mm-hmm. for my company branding. Other people who, um, if you choose blue, that represents money. It represents a stability. Like you, you have to go online. Like you can just type in the the purpose of colors or the or the definition of colors right. when business you can find all kinds of stuff please make sure you take a look at that because you want your logos to communicate um the the themes and the um the goals that you want your audience to connect to um another thing with artwork make sure that when you're using your logos and your artwork make sure it translates across all platforms so if you're using it on your website Make sure you use it and make sure your business cards look or mirror your website. Same thing with your letterhead. Make sure all of that translates the same way. Not only that, but even as far as PowerPoint presentations, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're, on your PowerPoint presentations, you have branding at the bottom of the slide so that each slide has some form of your company on there. Yeah. Um, and then also social media images. Oh my God, branded <laughs> on social media is so important. Um, I, a lot of you may know or notice that on social media, um, when you follow some of the bigger brands, they'll create quote graphics that have a little logo at the bottom, or they'll have you know branded hashtags, and then the images will still be in the colors 
of the organization, you know, the colors of the business and all of that. So you want to just make sure that all of that stuff ties in because that is what your audience and your customers and people connect to. If they see it and they see it consistently, then right. they will then become mm-hmm. brand loyalists to mm. your company. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and since we're on social media, I wanted to mention that, um, you know, a lot of people are caught up in um, uh, followers, you know, oh, people aren't going to take me seriously or I'm not going to get opportunities because I don't have thousands and millions of followers. Well, here's the deal. And, you know, I did a conference with um, one, of my, one of my friends and colleagues last year called Social Media Week Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And in that conference, the conversation came up about micro-influencers. And if you don't know what micro-influencers are, those are basically people who don't necessarily have a ton of followers. Um, they may have 1,500 followers or they may have 5,000 followers um, or it may be even 10,000 followers because these days 10,000 followers really isn't a lot. <laughs> But, um, but if you're not converting the money, it's nothing to me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but but micro-influencers are people who don't have a ton of followers, but they have a great response and engagement rate. Mm. And those are the things that are mattering the most to potential clients and sponsors and all of the above. How and, do they, let me ask, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Um, how do they... And the engagement rate, um, are they basing it on how, like if you do a post, how many people have liked the post or engaged with it or comment? How are, yes. how are the companies determining? determining they're, de- they're determining ratios and, and balancing how many followers does this person have and how many people are actually responding on their post. And to be honest with you, uh, how many, and, and how many people are responding by likes and, and sometimes comments, I mean, comments, they, they definitely help, but that defines the engagement that you have with your audience. Right. But if, you're, if you have a high ratio from the, the number of followers you have to the number of people that are liking your photos, that's what really matters because they know that these people are paying attention to what you're saying. They're, pay, they're paying attention to what you're posting, what you're putting out there. So if they say, hey, we want you to... Um, advertise these iPhones for us. And if I have 1,500 followers, and then of that 1,500, 500 or 600 people actually respond and actually like that picture, that means that I have a good engagement rate mm-hmm. or, or people are paying attention. What, and and this, this is important because um, when it comes to people who have thousands and thousands of followers, millions of followers, what these companies and these brands have recognized is that most of these people, and this has long been known, but most of these people have purchased their followers. Yes. So, and it's easy to tell because if you go on somebody's page and they have 35,000 followers and only 10 people like their photo <laughs> and nobody commented, you can best believe that all of those followers are purchased. Right. So they got hip to the game because they were spending, I mean, you all know, they were spending hundreds and thousands of dollars to social influencers <laughs> because of what they thought was going to be reached. But then, you know, everybody found out, oh, so you're buying people. And that is one of the ways that they can tell. Yeah. So, yeah. So you just want to, you want to, don't, don't, you know, I, I've always been one, you know, don't despise small beginnings. <laughs> so, and, and I'll be honest, even with my company, I don't have many followers for my company mm-hmm. um, or even for myself on my personal page. But if you look at the engagement rate, um, especially on my personal page, I have a lot of people who like my pictures, you know what I'm saying? And, and people are actually paying attention. So it's more of an organic growth. And I'm, right. I'm, I'm definitely not one who um, discounts that. So right. don't be afraid. And I think it also has a lot to do with your audience that you're serving. Um, right. The type of work you do, you deal with a lot of movie companies and television. They're not on Instagram waiting for your next post. Right. That's exactly. Just, to be perfectly honest. That they're just exactly. not there. So, um, that can have a lot with it, a lot, lot to do with it too. And I don't think um, people realize that. That they also mm-hmm. the audience. If your audience is not on Instagram, then 
you won't have that engagement. They may be on Facebook and now that's changing because exactly. Facebook now is limiting the engagement. They've changed that. <laughs> this is why it's important to have your own space and whatever you're doing in social media, drive that traffic back to your website, but you have to have a website to drive it back. To. That's right. <laughs> Have to have it, because if you don't, child. <laughs> that was really good, because I don't think we really think about that, and we have so many people that, the de you know, oh, I have X amount of Instagram pages, and then you're like, okay, but how how's that converting the sale? That's what I'm, how's that converting the money? You know? Right, exactly. And nine times it doesn't. <laughs> right, exactly. So they're they're look-seers, you know, they care less about, you know, and you can't you can't pay bills with looks here with likes. <laughs> um, and just to wrap up these three these three signs, um, the last sign that you're ready for PR is when you actually have a budget. <laughs> Let's take a moment for the people. <laughs> I have to say this um, because. People have to understand that PR is not free. And, you know, myself and other PR colleagues and other agencies, we've all been through it where we meet people who need PR. And one of the first things that come out of their mouths is, oh, now I don't have a lot of money now. I don't have a budget now. You know, I, I don't have this. I don't have that. In those moments, when those words come out of your mouth, I'm just going to be real with you that lets us know that you are not ready to work with us. You're not ready for PR because anybody who believes in what they're doing, anybody who believes in what they're putting out there, they are consciously setting aside or working to set aside a true budget to help them get it out there. And, you know, with that, you know, even in, when it comes to companies or, or, or uh, individuals who are ready for PR, you would, uh, well, not shouldn't say who are ready for PR, but those people who are entrepreneurs, let's just put it this way. If I came to you and um, needed your service, but said, girl, give me the hookup, or, you know, what's that, what's that friends and family rate? Or, <laughs> <laughs> or or, you know, I don't have the budget right now, but can we get started on something and, and try it like, you know, like, oh, so I, I have this contract, right? And I have it, you know, the money's gonna come in like two months from now. So can we get started with something and pay you then? Like, you know, can we do a payment plan? You got layaway? Like, <laughs> those are the things that is like, mm-mm, no, boom. I love you, but I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> So, you know, just like you wouldn't want anybody to do that to you because your work is valuable. Your time is valuable. Right. And the energy that you put into making stuff happen for your clients, you just can't do that for free. So you shouldn't expect anybody else to do that either. Okay. Right. So I just had to put that out there. Now, if an agency or an independent consultant gives you a quote, you know, for the services that you're asking for, you know, respect it, you know, receive what they're saying. And then there may be an opportunity to negotiate because, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, especially independent consultants, um, they are more willing to work with you with regard to um, budget and, and meeting the needs of different levels of budgets as well. Now, one thing to keep in mind with that, is that you will definitely get what you pay for. So if you're paying somebody $100 every two months, don't expect much work. <laughs> don't expect it. Um, and, and just know that PR is not cheap. So if, if somebody comes to you with a cheap rate, you might want to ask yourself, why is this so cheap? You know, what are they getting out of this? Are they really legit? Are they really going to do the work? You know, you, you will get what you pay for. So just keep that in mind um and again like i said some people may be willing to negotiate a win-win pricing that works for both sides of the coin so right. however that however that happens you know you have to have that conversation with that person and it may be that 
if you talk to somebody and they give you a whole proposal with a, a whole list of all the services that you said you needed, it may be that you start with maybe one or two of those services instead of all five or all 10. Right. You know, which ones are the highest priority now and what is the price point for each one? And then that's how you all can work toward. You know, maybe you can do it based on the project, you know, like, I like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, those are my three points <laughs> for that. So how would you, um, so how would a person know if they need a whole agency or an independent consultant? So it depends on what you're ready to publicize. Um, again, going back to budget, if you have the budget, there may be, or there is a benefit in hiring a larger agency to work on your behalf only because larger agencies come with larger teams which definitely helps in the turnaround of results. Not saying that an independent consultant can't get you the same turnaround of results, but you know when you have more of a team as opposed to an individual who's doing all the work, mm -hmm. um, with a limited team, you, it, things happen faster. Um, now, if your budget is limited, then of course, going with the independent consultant may be your best bet, but right. definitely do your research and find somebody whose services match those of your business goals. So, and for instance, if you are an author who is looking to publicize a book, then you would not necessarily go to somebody who is in um, uh, promoting or doing, not promoting, but um, a publicist for specifically hair, hairstylists. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You want to find somebody that is um, translatable, their services are translatable to what you need. Now, granted, the rules of PR are the same across the board. The effort of PR is the same across the board. But when it comes to relationships, um, you know, I may have more, um, I may have more relationships in terms of film and television, but not necessarily a lot of relationships in the book world. So, so you want to try and find somebody who has the relationships that you're looking for. Um, another benefit to independent PR consultants are the fact that they don't necessarily have a large team, but the work and the effort has a lot more of a personal touch um, because they are in the trenches with you. They are walking with you step by step, holding your hand every step of the process, and it's more of a um, more of a relationship in making sure that that goal happens. Mm -hmm. um, so you 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 feel a more personal connection to an independent consultant. Interesting. So let me, and I have this question too, um, because you hear the term. Can you kind of clarify what is a PR campaign? Like, what does it involve? Because you hear, um, you hear that term, but I'm not really sure what a campaign involves. Right, and that's a great question. Um, and and really, a camp, a PR campaign is just like any other campaign that you will put together for for anything. Um, basically, a PR campaign outlines your scope of work um, and the various goals and activities and strategies and tactics and timeline and budget. <laughs> so it outlines all of those things right. that need to be in place and need to happen uh, in order to get to the desired goal. Um, and with those things marrying together, the success of that campaign, campaign uh, depends on all of that execution. So to ensure proper execution and to ensure that a campaign is going to be successful, um, a good agency or a good uh, consultant is, is going to make sure that they stay in constant communication with you. Um, it, it should not be a situation where you map out this whole PR campaign with somebody mm -hmm. and they go off and do the work and you don't talk to them for two months and, and throw your hands up like, so I don't know what's going on. Like, I know I'm paying them and they're cashing these checks every month, but, but where are we? Like, what, what do I get to see as far as the movement of everything? Mm -hmm. So a good agency and a good PR consultant, they will hold frequent meetings with you just to keep those uh, communication lines open. And I like to do a weekly meeting. It's, it, depending on 
um, the campaign and what's needed, uh, we'll either do a weekly meeting or a bi-weekly meeting. Um, because of course, sometimes you need time to, to get traction on things to be able to report on them. Mm. But weekly meetings are normally the norm for me. Um, and in those meetings, you are able to communicate the actions, um, what things have been done, um, the updates um, to anything that has been done or any new opportunities that may have, a, may have come up. Mm -hmm. um, and then also necessary course corrections because we all know that sometimes we can have a vision and we can have a plan and write that thing down and make it plain but sometimes it doesn't go the way that we expect it. <laughs> so, a lot of times it doesn't. Yeah, a lot of times, right? <laughs> so in those moments, um, you have to have uh, a point where you're communicating, hey, we tried it this way, doesn't seem to be working the way that we want to, but here's a solution or here's another option on how we can possibly get the job done mm. and get the same results that we're looking for. So yeah, that communication has to be um, on board throughout your campaign to make sure that everybody is moving forward and everybody is holding things accountable and everybody's on the same page. So that's definitely something that should be reviewed um, once the public relations professional creates the campaign then I imagine they go over the steps with you so if you're getting someone who doesn't do that and yes. they just jump right in. That's I would say that's a red flag, right? That's a, a big red flag. And I know that just for myself and other uh, colleagues that I have, we do initially what is called, what most people call a discovery call. Right. Um, and that is the first step. Like that's just the lay of the land. You know, here's what's in my head. Here's my vision. Here's what I'm promoting. Here's what I want to get the word out about. And then we talk about what the needs are. We do audits of what you look like online. Is your presence online going to help to amplify this or will it tear it down? You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So it's, it's the discovery process where you are finding out what the needs are. Then the next thing is after you have decided to go with me or, you know, whatever agency that you're, um, that you're considering, once you've made the decision to move forward and contracts and agreements are signed, then that's where you sit down together a lot of times to really plan it out. So what I normally do is, you know, for instance, if it's a, um, if it's a movie, um, most times the, the studio or the network or whatever, they will send a screener link where I can actually view the film uh, and come up with ideas um, that surround sure. the promotion of the film. So then in that, I flesh out a drafted proposal and then we sit down with the client and say, okay, so after looking at the film, here are the ideas that we came up with. Here is the target audience that we see. Here are the strategies and the tactics that we can, that we can, um, that we can execute. Here are some integrations that we are thinking of. You know, hey, you know, this would be great to show at the Pan-African Film and Arts Festival. Or you know what, Essence Festival is coming up. Why don't we try to do some trailer placements or have some of the talent to go and do X, Y, Z. So those are the ideas that generate from you know, starting that campaign. We um, present those ideas to the client. The, I, the client then gives their input to us to say, hey, you know what, I really like that idea. Um, and that inspired me to think about this. So maybe y'all can do this too. And actually, I don't want to do this part now, but I do want to do that. So that whole right. ideation, that flow starts happening. And then that's when everything is fine-tuned. And once it's fine-tuned, then everybody knows that this final result is the campaign that we're moving forward with. And then that's where execution takes place. And you have those weekly meetings, you're catching up, you're keeping everybody informed on what's happening, what's not happening, what's working, what's not working. And then you get to the end and you uh, report on the results. Well, that, thank, you. That, thank you for breaking that down because I know many people that may have thought about public relations or, or hiring one, maybe not currently, but future, you know, what's a campaign, what's all involved. So thank you for breaking that down. So I mean, no we talked about a lot and I think you kind of broke down a lot of um, 
uh, unclear areas. <laughs> and, uh, I love the went in yeah. and, and the website section was like an email was really important. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh my yeah. God, was that so important? And we're so, all guilty of it. I mean, we've all been guilty of it in the past. So don't oh, take it personally. Yeah. Just, just fix it. <laughs> so um, I was going to ask you. So we'll make sure we have all your information. So in all of this, how does the business know? Uh, I know you said when they're ready to promote, but um, is it something, do you ever start doing anything PR wise or would that be branding wise to prepare when you do have a conference coming up? Would you do, would you recommend doing press releases to maybe introduce your company um, or a new client or, you know, things that you may not have a big event coming up. Is there a way you should still stay in the, in the eye of the media per se? Um, so one, one of the greatest ways to stay in the eye of media and, and keep buzz or keep information out there about you, number one is to pay attention to the news cycle. Um, as PR professionals, that is one of the main, the, one of the main things that we focus on is paying attention to news cycles because um, if there is something that's happening, and I'm trying to remember something that happened. Um, okay, so, so here, here's one thing. Um, the anniversary of the Rodney King uh, beating came up. Um, this year, well, not this year, but 2017 was the 25th anniversary. Mm -hmm. I happen to have a client who is an actor and is known to be an actor, just to be an actor. <laughs> but he also saved somebody's life during the riots that, uh, that took place after the Rodney King verdict. And oh. yes, so when that happened, I'm paying attention to the, like, wait a minute, oh wait, hold on, he saved somebody's life. And through that, I was able to, of course, package his story in a pitch. Um, and the pitch is basically what we create to send to media to get their interest in what we're trying to get them to help us promote. So, so with that, I um, pitched him to news outlets and radio shows, syndicated radio shows, and all types of places, uh, newspapers, blogs, all types of places. And in that, I was able to land him CNN because they were doing a big piece on the story. Mm. So to have this actor who was actually recognized by Los Angeles <laughs> and received an award for saving somebody's life, um, they were able to use him as a talking head for one of the big pieces that they were doing. Right. Not only that, but we were able to land him on some major radio, uh, radio syndicated uh, programs like Tom Jordan Morning Show uh, and even some regional um, um, shows as well uh, in Atlanta and abroad. Um, and then also was able to work with some uh, newspapers like the um, Los Angeles Sentinel um, and just all, all kinds of places. <laughs> so, so that is what paying attention to a news cycle means because whatever people are talking about, you want to look at your client landscape and say, who do I know that I can plug into this conversation? Mm, gotcha. so, that's, so that's one thing to keep yourself abreast. And even if you don't have a publicist, there's a level of DIY when it comes to PR as well. So if you don't have a publicist or anybody representing you, it may be, it may be good to, to actually consult with one to give you direction on how you can do it yourself, mm -hmm. especially if you don't have the budget. Talk to somebody and see how they can help you create a pitch that you can send on your own. I've done that for, um, for people as well. They've contracted me just for a small moment to help them develop some materials that they can push out on their own because they just don't have the, the, the budget to pay me on a regular basis. Okay. But I've definitely helped people with that. So, so find yourself a good um, publicity, um, uh, a good publicist, sorry. Find yourself a good publicist mm -hmm. um, or somebody that you can reach out to that can help you to um, position yourself for opportunity. Now that, that's a good idea. And that's something we can do now. And, and yes. So that when the time comes, you'll be positioned to really hire a PR person when you have 
an event coming up. Great. Exactly. And another way that that helps as well is not just with news cycles, but also with events that are coming up. So you have big events like the Tom Joyner, um, the cruise that he does every year. Right. You have, and he does workshops and seminars on those cruises mm -hmm. that may fit in line um, with what you do. Um, or you may be able to create your own workshop to do it on the boat. Right. <laughs> Not only that, but you have Essence Music Festival. Um, you have tons of festivals. Um, NAACP, they have annual conventions. Right. Everybody has an annual convention. So whatever your expertise is, whatever your focus is or, or what it is that you do, find a, um, a platform. Mm -hmm. to align with, you know, and pitch yourself, you know, put together a package, work with somebody, work with a graphic designer mm -hmm. to put together a visually stimulating package, um, EPK or, uh, or press kit that you can send to these organizations and promote yourself. People do that all the time, that's all the good, time. That's a good suggestion. Oh, Lord, you gave us a lot of good information, Joe. I have one more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> one last one. So there is also a platform called HARO, H-A-R-O, mm -hmm. which is acronym for Help a Reporter Out. And that platform is one where you can um, go on there and you can find opportunities for writers and reporters who are actually looking for stories mm -hmm. and looking for people to give input on certain stories. So you may be able to find some information there and plug yourself in that way too. And I'm glad you mentioned that because you can even have them, uh, when you sign up, um, you can receive an email. So mm -hmm. you don't have to go to the website all the time and you can kind of look at what they're looking for stories on. So you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, because I actually get that in the email. I sure do. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank mm -hmm. you so much for all your awesome resources. Now, everybody, there's no reason why you can't get it together regarding public relations. <laughs> Because Candace kind of broke everything down for us, and I really appreciate it. Uh, all Candace's information is here on our page, all our social media, website, and everything. Um, thank you so much again for being part of the Plus Size Virtual Summit. And remember, My guys, pleasure. we're here from March 1st to March 4th, and you don't have to be plus size to take advantage of all of our 40 amazing speakers. <laughs> and but thank I'm you. proud. I'm proud. Yeah, and you're gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> And um, <laughs> tune in and remember, um, if you want to get recordings of all our speakers after the summit is over, make sure you get the all access pass. Um, the price is going up um, before the um, summit ends. So make sure you hop on there. And thank you so much, Candace, for all your amazing, amazing information. Mwah. Thank you, Janine. You are Bye. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks.